2020, a new year, a new decade, new beginnings, and here I am in the European Parliament, a member of the European Parliament, and we've decided with my team to start something called MEPcast, MEP, Members of European Parliament, MEPcast, a discussion with experts that I have access to because I'm here at the Parliament on topics which I think might interest you. And it is an honor and a pleasure that today I start with an excellent discussion I hope you will enjoy on the 10 issues to watch in 2020. And joining me for this discussion, I have Mr. Etienne Basso. Mr. Basso is the director of the Members Research Service here at the Parliament, at the European Parliamentary Research Service. This is what we call the EPRS. This is an excellent service that gives us background material on just about any topic we need to deal with as MEPs. And also with me is Jana Titievskaya, who is a policy analyst for, in, for international trade at the EPRS. Jana and I have met before because I'm the vice chair of the Trade Committee. So it is a great honor to have both of you here. And Etienne, Mr. Director, we have very high-level guests today. I would very much like for you to give us a little bit of insight into this uh, wonderful publication, 10 Issues to Watch. Um, reading it, I see that you said the two main themes for you are climate, I already knew that, and solidarity. And actually, um, you talk about an integration of the two, which was very interesting for me to read. So could you please give us some insights as to Absolutely. how you Thanks. see these issues? Thanks a lot for, for this opportunity. As you, you rightly mentioned, the APRS gives giving support to members of parliament to conduct their duty as uh, politicians. And uh, we try to do that in a very factual and uh, non-partisan manner. And at the beginning of every year, we do an exercise that is preparing the 10 issues to watch for the year. It's not uh, an exercise that is some sort of manifesto. It's a brainstorming that we do together with the experts like Yana and others. And we try to see what's coming up, what are the main issues that are going to come up in the year. And as you rightly mentioned um, earlier, this, uh, last year we had the European elections. We had a new European Commission in the autumn. And big issue that came up in this new political cycle is on the one hand, uh, the attention to a greener economy, but also a fairer economy. Mm -hmm. And if we look at the surveys, like Eurobarometer has done some surveys in the autumn, this mm -hmm. is a very strong uh, new element. And as you can imagine, when we do our research and when we do our preparation for this, uh, 10 issues to watch, mm -hmm. uh, you find uh, reflected these uh, different, um, these uh, two big topics in uh, different ways. Uh, first of all, um, we have the carbon neutrality that uh, the European Union committed to achieve in 2050. And we have various aspects that are linked to the so-called Green Deal. For example, how much money are we going to put in the Green Deal? That's why you have also a chapter on the budget. But there is also the solidarity aspect. If we have a region that is depending on coal mm -hmm. industry, mm -hmm. this region might, might be marginalized, more poverty, more exclusion. And that's why uh, we have looked at this particular issue and especially the Just Transition Fund that is going to give compensation for these regions that are uh, put, um, let's say, aside or that are much risk to be marginalized in this right. uh, situation. So if I sum it up correctly, this is the Green Deal, what it's about, who's going to pay for it, and who's paying the price and how we can support the transition for those regions. 
I know there's one in my country, in, in Greece, which is uh, definitely going to be affected. So everybody's waiting for the details of this just transition exactly. uh, phase. Great. Okay. Now, I, we can't go through all 10, but I would encourage everybody to read this. And this is online, so people can have access to it. And when we, when we put up the MEPCAST, we'll let people know where they can read it. So I had to pick three. This is what I decided. So here we go. The first one I picked was something that's relevant to my country, which is Greece, and it's number six. And you, it, it relates to solidarity, and it's from ship to ship to lasting solidarity in the EU. That's what you call it. I, mean, I guess these are, this is uh, the migration issue, which touches on many countries, but my country in particular. So this is why I would like to know if there are any words of wisdom from you or predictions as to where Europe is going to go on this issue and why you think it's such an important topic for everybody. It's an important topic. It has been an important topic in the past years, but what has been difficult is to agree at the political level on some solutions. Uh, we can feel it really very strongly uh, when it's about asylum. Where we can see that there is a bit of hope now is that we see that there is a case-by-case -case situation that is transforming into a more solidarity uh, approach by some member states. But we need also to find ways to enlarge this concept of solidarity. It has been very often about sharing the migrants between the countries, and now there are other elements coming in it, for example, financing, for example, is helping to look at the borders and this type of things. And that's why it's very important to, um, to project in the future and to try to approach this uh, challenge in a new way. As uh, the Greek commissioner, uh, Margarita Sinas, liked to say, we need to have an approach that is going from the country of origin, the transit, and then the management of asylum. And that's uh, the task of the new commission uh, from the Lion for the years to come. So we will need to find a way to look at meaningful contributions from the various member states that can be of various forms. And uh, another important aspect is the question that we need to find a lasting solidarity uh, for sharing the responsibility of uh, migration uh, asylum seekers. And here the parliament will have its full role, its full, its full role to play, sorry, right. in the next year, by the way, of adopting legislation. It's, um, I know that in my country when this discussion happens, a lot of it has to do with fairness. You know, Greece exactly. feels that it's... What's happening isn't fair because we're the gateway to Europe. This is a European problem and we're bearing the brunt of it and we feel that everybody should, with solidarity, take some of the weight. That doesn't mean that we do everything perfect, but still, at the same time, I think that's the, that's the sense. But I move from, from this issue to another issue, um, which is at the heart also of European policy, and that is the 5G network. That is the backbone of everything digital that is happening and will be happening in the future. So it was no surprise that I saw this on your, on your list. Some say that here in Europe we've sort of missed the boat on 5G, that um, we're so behind, for example, China or the U.S., that we have no hope. Others say that that's a complete misconception. So where would you stand on this uh, on this issue, and what, what do you think Europe should do so that we don't miss the boat or catch up, or can we? I think there is uh, only uh, some sort of half, half true if we say that uh, we missed the boat. Of course, technolo technological developments go very fast, and others are very fast in engaging in these technological developments. 
um, we are maybe a bit behind. When we ask at the event about the 10 issues to watch the people in the room who has already uh, have access to 5G, we had only a very few hands. Right. And this is true. But when we look at statistics, we have already 5Gs commercially available in nine member states. So it's not nothing. It's right. quite a substantial share of, um, of member states. But we need to be stronger on that and to engage more. And as you said, to catch up with uh, other countries like, such as um, Korea, South Korea, China, Japan, other USA that are kind of leading in this, uh, in this field. That's why we have target in the 5G action plan that we should meet and we should uh, move ahead uh, in that direction. And also something that is less known because we tend to focus on other companies from Asia or from uh, America. But if we look carefully at the assets of companies in Scandinavia, such as Nokia and Ericsson, right. I think there is also potential for the European Union and for Europe to uh, be part of that big change worldwide. So there's hope, you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's good news. Well. Linked to whether there's hope, especially when it comes to to China and how far ahead China is, for example, in 5G matters, is trade. And um, Jan and I have had some interesting discussions about trade, and they've given me a lot of very interesting resources in my capacity as vice chair of the INTA committee. But I turn to you now, Jana, because trade um, is, for me, um, Von der Leyen has said that this is a geopolitical uh, commission. Well, for me, you know, in trade, you could have some very raw geopolitics maybe going on. And um, I I'll tell you my, my opinion, and then I would appreciate if your expertise, uh, you could bring your expertise to the table and let us know what you think. I think that this year is going to be about basics. And by basics, I mean ABCs. And ABCs are America and Trump with his America first uh, policy. B, Brexit. We're going to definitely be dealing with the post-Brexit trade relations. And C, China, um, in the sense that um, we're talking about the multilateral rule-based order, the WTO reform that's going on. And China's a big player, mm -hmm. a lot of issues uh, for industrial policy in Europe. So, at the same time, we're also putting our values on the table, because in our trade agreements, we want to make sure that our values, whether those have to do with the environment, whether they have to do with gender, whether they have to do with labor laws, these values, the European values, are being respected. So where does that take us this year? I know this is a big, this is a big topic. What would you see, what would you consider to be, let's say, the priorities for trade policy? What should we be looking at? as Europe so that we don't get crushed in between China, the U.S., Brexit, relations, the Green Deal? How is Europe supposed to survive and be a leader in trade like mm. it always has been? Mm. Ah, a big question. Thanks. Uh, thanks, and thanks for having me. Uh, look, I think ABCs is a great way to start unpacking this uh, complicated issue. Now, with America first, it's on everyone's lips whether uh, this will continue, whether this approach to trade policy will continue that the, President Trump has already started with. And that's why we have identified in our publication in the 10 issues to watch U.S. elections yes. as really the, the big uh, turning point next year uh, when Americans will vote in November 2020. But uh, in the run-up to that, a lot of the current trade tensions are likely to continue. So what do we have right now? We have the French digital services tax. Right. We have the Airbus-Boeing uh, dispute with uh, a lot of tariffs linked to that. 
uh, there's still the still still the steel and aluminium tariffs. Right. There is uh, the threat of car tariffs, yes. just to name a few things. But what's important also to realize is that not all of this is new. For example, the U.S. blockage of the dispute settlement body and of nomination of judges to the WTO is not completely new. So there is a degree of continuation that we also see uh, tracing back to the Obama administration. Do you think that this phase one deal between the United States and China is good for Europe or bad for Europe? Now, I've heard different things, and I actually think that um, a lot will depend how this will be used in the potential electoral strategy next right. year. Uh, one, uh, one potential uh, scenario could be that uh, now the U.S. will actually have more time and turn towards the EU, and maybe we will manage to progress on the trade talks, for example, on industrial goods and on the conformity assessment area with the U.S. and finally establish a more positive and balanced transatlantic trade relationship. Are you um, hopeful that in Kazakhstan in June, when the, there's this ministerial conference which is supposed to discuss lots of things, including WTO reform, do you think that some progress will be made or do you think that this is a pre-election year in the United States and too much is going on? and? Things are going to be stuck because of the appellate body. Do you, do you think there'll be some momentum or? Well, already last week we had the news that Japan and U.S. and the EU have uh, uh, taken some proposals or made some proposals on uh, industrial subsidies, and that's very central and a central uh, strategic vehicle for uh, achieving more reciprocity with China. Uh, and actually, there is a few uh, deliverables on the agenda for the ministerial in uh, Nur Sultan, for example, um, progress on e-commerce, digital trade, uh, but also domestic regulation services uh, and under-the-radar negotiation on the plurilateral level in the WTO, as well as investment facilitation. All right. So there's hope there, too. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to close then on a note of hope, which is I hope that this MEPCAST, and I want you to know that you are the first MEPCAST that I'm doing, so thank you very much. I know we'll turn to your services many times for expertise on various issues, so my hope is that these will be interesting topics and that they'll help all of us stay in touch and keep Europe together. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.